Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone, and talking about being healthy, one of the best signs that we're healthy is actually to be happy. So you're going to love tonight's show as we talk about radical happiness, and I just love that term. And our special guest tonight is someone who is a specialist in happiness, and it doesn't matter where you are in your life, whether you're locked in a pattern of toxic relationships, found yourself medicating and zoning out, numbing out in some destructive or semi-destructive way with drugs or alcohol. It doesn't even matter if you feel like the world has been victimizing and abusing you. There's a way that you can break out of that and start living happy from the inside out. And that's the slogan of our guest, Mara Sweeney. And it's a well-honed life mantra for her And one she's going to share to help you heal your life and pursue your very own radical happiness. Because guess what? Here at Modern Love Training, Modern Love Radio, what we want more than anything is to give you the tools, give you the actual science that will help you to get that happiness and create the love that you want in your life. And you can join me November 11th for our monthly live training. And in November, our training is going to be on manifesting magnificent miracles in your life, including love and money. And we have special guests Skyping in for us from England, the Sweets, Mr. and Mrs. Sweet, who are both relationship experts globally recognized experts on creating happy, wonderful love. And boy, have they got a story and a journey that they're going to share with us and how they've created that love and happiness in their own lives. So you'll have Mr. and Mrs. Sweet as our special guests coming in live from the U.K., so do join us, and if you want to join, just send us an email at love at docway.com or get on Eventbrite and reserve your space. So let's take our first Dear Dr. Brenda question. I love your questions. Keep sending them in. This is a really challenging one. Dear Dr. Brenda, I represented my daughter Pam, in quotes, and her husband as their real estate agent, And when my children purchase a home, of course, I waive my commission. My daughter gave me a gift of a trip to South America because she knew my husband wanted that as part of completing his bucket list. I was embarrassed to, okay, 
wait a second, after my husband reviewed the itinerary, he said it wasn't the trip he had in mind and wanted to know if my daughter could change it. I was embarrassed to ask her to change it after receiving such a gracious gift. It was a very, very expensive trip. And instead, I told Pam I couldn't accept her gift. It was too much money. Now my husband is angry with me and feels I'm at fault for the loss of his trip. Mom in the middle. Was I right? We should request a gift exchange from the giver, or was I justified in not accepting because it was too much? Mom in the middle. Okay, look, Mom, I'm sorry. You are so, so, so in need of coaching on this, my dear. First of all, you did what you thought was best for your husband and your daughter without talking to either of them and asking them how this could be resolved so everybody could feel good about it. You refused the gift your husband wanted, and you didn't give your daughter a chance to change it and make it right. So I think you fall in the category that we might prematurely here call codependence, which is you're trying to control the situation without thinking, and I'm boy, I'm glad we have Mara Sweeney with us tonight, without thinking about how everybody could win. In this case, everybody lost out. Your daughter didn't get to thank you. Your husband didn't get the trip. Now you and your husband have a fallout. All right. Understand where you went wrong. It's about communicating with others and looking for the win-win. So our guest tonight got her bachelor's in political science at Boston College. She left law school midstream to pioneer her own path to passion and self-determination. She is a former nationally decorated corporate manager and a homeschooling mom who's traveled to 60 countries. And now she shares insightful concepts on, concepts on influence and emotional intelligence. You've probably seen her on some of her more than 250 media outlets, including NBC, BBC, and Match.com. She's the author of six books on happiness, and the creator of the Foundation of Happiness eCourse. Her website is www.mara, that's M-A-U-R-A, number four, letter U, mara4u.com. Welcome to the show, Mara Sweeney. Well, Dr. Brenda, thank you. I am so thrilled to be here. And even just listening to everything you're speaking about, I thought this is the right venue for both of us to be speaking today because I'm all about igniting our lives for passion and purpose and obviously happiness. And I know what it's like to be on the other side. Oh, well, tell us about that. How did you get started on a journey of creating radical happiness? I just love that term. I would say the defining moment, if anyone were to ever go to my website, moraforyou.com, and look up the About Mora, they would see a picture of me in January of 1982 standing in front of Mama Leone's restaurant in New York City, midway through my law school studies. It was everything my family expected me to be. I was groomed. I was tailored. I was put inside the box. I was going to be a New York, New Jersey attorney um, like my grandfather had been. But nobody ever asked if that's what I wanted. And I was so devoid of life, passion, purpose, 
And it was a promise I made to myself as a very young child, Dr. Brenda, that I didn't have too much control over my life as a child. But I thought, you know, when I get older, I'm going to grow up to be happy and free. And here I was midway through law school, and all I could see was the opposite. I literally could not get out of my chair one day to get myself to school. And then when I tried talking, nothing came out of my mouth. So you want to talk about being the opposite Wow, um, yeah, you've got some pretty serious symptoms there. It was, it was. Yeah, we would say those were symptoms of depression. If you couldn't speak, couldn't get out of the chair, you were definitely not in your happy place. Definitely not. And it took a lot of courage. Where did you get the idea that you had to go to law school? Because so many people get messages as children, you know, this is what we expect of you, this is the path you have to go down. And then literally end up getting stuck there. You know, I'm sure it was all very well intentioned, as many parents do. But my family just made that decision about me. And it didn't matter, or no one ever asked me what I wanted to study or what I was interested in. I was just told that I was going to be a lawyer from the time that I was five or six years old. So here I was always doing as I was told, even Ah, doing it. Now it makes sense. You were doing yeah. as you were told because you were being a good girl. And yeah. you know what happens to good girls, everybody? Good girls end up being unhappy. And a really good girl has to do something about creating happiness for herself. So, Mara, how did you, after this picture all buttoned down, on the track you're supposed to be on, get yourself out of that? I really was at the point of no return when I could not get myself to class. It was frightening. I didn't know what else I wanted to do or could do, but one thing was for sure. I knew that I wanted to get out of bed every morning with a sense of passion and purpose and literally just roll out of bed and roll into life doing what I loved. And uh, So I what was make the first step on that journey for you? You know, um, aside from telling the people at the registrar's office I was taking a, uh, a leave of absence, knowing inside that it was permanent, I started inquiring. I went, I took a course on how to become a real estate agent. I had been working part-time at a recruiter's agency, and I discovered that I liked it. I was interviewing people. I was learning about business, something I hadn't been prepared for. I was presenting candidates to large clients. And I love that interaction with people. So I would say on the short side, I did everything that was put in front of me. And where there was nothing put in front of me, I went out and searched for avenues. And in each case, I was always looking for something that would ignite me from within and actually do the opposite of what I felt like at law school. And that's where... I guess by following that path and then finding myself in in corporate leadership, and at one point we had the top office in the country, one of the largest telecom companies in the country, I discovered that I loved working with people and developing people and creating great cultures and helping other people find their talents. So it was was more that you were on a path now where you were really focused on connecting with other people, something that in law school – and maybe going into the legal profession and the way you were headed, you couldn't do. 
You're absolutely right, Dr. Brenda. In fact, what I had imagined before leaving law school is that I was going to spend time in a law library all by myself. And to me, that might as well have been the death knell. So yeah, yeah out, I can hear that from what you described because what's lighting you up and what I can hear coming right over the line, I'm sure our listeners can too, is that finding what you love and you love being with people. You love working on teams, you love being creative, because I heard creativity and I heard people jump out. Now, for us, that's really important here at Modern Love, because we are all about how we relate to one another. And what's the biggest lesson, Mara, that you took away in terms of, first of all, shifting your relationship with yourself to one where you could be more authentic? Biggest lesson... I would say the biggest lesson is I'm still in the same marriage and happy 40 years later when I would probably have been divorced twice and slayed my third husband out of unhappiness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, my happiness contributes a lot to marriage. That's a great answer. <laughs> happy When you're happy yourself and happy with what you're doing, obviously that has so much to do. You know, it's funny because I was talking with a couple recently where these two are about as driven as any young couple could be. And they were very critical and very snappy with each other and very negative. And I said to them, you know, you're both so busy. There's no time to renew, literally, renew your brain so that you're fit to be in a relationship or you're fit for love. And the only homework, I always give people homework when I, I see them in our trainings or whatever we're doing, their only homework I gave them was to take time off every day and do nothing, absolutely nothing. The most they were allowed to do would be to take a walk, listen to some music, zone out with mindless television, or take a shower. And those are the only things they're allowed. And guess what? That marriage turned around so quickly so this space to be your true self and rest and connect and be happy so mara what are the five things that you would tell people because you've done so much work in your six books what are the five things you would tell people to do to be happy and how do you connect those to success Oh, well, first of all, look at the relationships in your life. Are these healthy relationships or are they absolutely destroying you? And are you destroying or undermining the people that you're with? So look for relationships that are healthy and start weeding out or minimizing the ones that have a lot of drama. The next thing, this is so much like what you're saying. Find that place where you can have space and develop a peace of mind. I was, just like that young couple you were talking about, so driven, but I was mindless. I was losing myself, and I was losing the peace of mind. So carve out a little area every day, whether it's journaling, going out for a walk, but being apart from the to-do list and just listening to your own soul. The other things I would say is give yourself freedom. I was the perfect example of someone who maybe looked a certain part, going to law school, the career ahead of me maybe was supposed to be fine for someone else, but I felt like I had no freedom. So allow yourself 
the opportunity to say yes to things you want and no to those things that really so this, are not speaking this for you. sounds like it might be the kind of thing, you know, we often here encourage people to journal. And it sounds like these are questions you could ask yourself and come up with answers because a journal is a great place to kind of hold up the mirror, do the self-reflection. And answering Mars questions, these are fantastic questions and tools you know, making sure you're making time for yourself. And I would say, I'd add to that, Mara, are you a fan of people doing journaling? I totally am. And it's something I always do because it gives us a chance to hear our soul speak. Oftentimes we're listening to oh, everybody else Oh, I like that phrase. To I've never heard that. It's a chance to hear your soul speak. I'm going to use that. That's beautiful. May I use that, Mara? Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay, so but you were moving through the first three things, which really all have to do with stopping and doing some inner questioning yes. and making space for yourself. I really like that. And mm-hmm. then you add also you think the journaling's good because you can hear your soul speak. Now, what are the last two things that mm-hmm. you would say are on your list of top five? They fall right in line almost as if they're all working in order, and I know you will relate. When you find that and you carve that little time out and you give yourself freedom, suddenly you can start discovering what gives you a sense of purpose. When do you feel fulfilled? And how can you continue to fuel and give yourself more of those opportunities so that you grow and manifest into the fullness of who you are from within? And then the last thing of all, which I think is just an outgrowth of all of it, is when you allow yourself time to be yourself to exercise those things that do give you a sense of fulfillment when the relationships around the ones then you end up becoming a person of natural confidence not because the world has said you've got to be this way or you have to act a certain way but because you have learned to live an authentic a genuine an inspired life of of energy and enthusiasm and creativity for whatever that means to you from your inside out and so uh, i think they all fall me in. because everything on your list you're saying hey get rid of the things that are toxic for example toxic people toxic situations because they drain energy and then get that space give yourself freedom take stock of When you feel the best and the most fulfilled, and you're saying as soon as you find that thing that fulfills you, you're going to feel more confident and just go right down that path. Absolutely. And if I could add one more thing that I know you will appreciate, it's when we feel more confident and more at ease being who we genuinely are and exercising that that our sense of self-love grows. And when we're happy with ourselves, our relationships with everyone else follows in a positive manner. And we can be our own worst critics. We could also love ourselves. (laughs) And if you're finding yourself, by the way, being critical like the young couple I spoke about earlier, being critical of others, critical of yourself, just do what Mara just suggested because most likely you are burned out you are feeling tired, unfulfilled, and unhappy, and that's going to be taken out on you and everybody else. So, Mara, what would you say is the first question that we should be asking ourselves when we are confronted with a problem or a challenge? And here, 
in Northern California, we're having extreme problems and challenges because of the fires. And so many people who are part of our mastermind programs and who are clients working with us have been either lost their homes or been evacuated because of these fires. What's the first thing people should think about in a situation like that? Oh, what a wonderful question. You know, I think about the numerous problems we can all think we have. They go into so many different directions. But here's the simple question we always need to ask ourselves. Am I a victim now or am I a beneficiary? And that's really all that life ever comes down to because if we believe ourselves to be a victim, then everything that follows will answer to us with that same response. But if we see ourselves instead as a beneficiary in a benevolent universe and we hold on to that belief system about ourselves and about the cosmos that we live in, ultimately, it may not happen right away, but ultimately we will find that we do benefit, that we learn new things, that we grow, that we gain an understanding, and literally that circumstances, whether they seem challenging or not, end up working to our advantage and the advantage of those around us. Now, so I are you a victim or Certainly, Mara, in the long run, I do believe that what you're saying is true, that at the end of the day, all things work together for good, that we can come through catastrophic times and challenges. And I just want to say for those who are going through catastrophes, it's okay to feel your feelings you're going to feel scared, bereft, wounded. Uh, there are a lot of losses that have to be grieved if you're one of the thousands and thousands of people who've lost your home either because of the fires here that are still going on, the whole space outside my window here is full of smoke, or people who've been involved in the hurricanes and or the earthquake in Mexico, the hurricanes in Puerto Rico and Houston and New Orleans and Florida. I mean, we have so many across the Caribe. And then God knows we look further. We've got wars around the world. These are catastrophes that you didn't create. You can't control. But this is a time. I think Mara's advice is hold on to the idea that as I work my way through this, as I work my way through it, something better has to come. I will get to that place where I can see the benefit. And in the meantime, I encourage you to reach out for support, talk to people, make sure you get yourself to a survivor support group, because real time right now, we have so many people who are hurt and who are suffering, and we've got to get our arms around each other. And I know when I've gone through crises in my own life, and I've faced a few Mara, I also hold on to that idea that I may not know how, I may not know the way forward yet, but I will find my way through it, and I'll get there. I will get there. I'll get to a better place. So I appreciate you sharing that. Oh, now, and, there's and a problem. you echoing. I'm sorry? Sure. I said, and for you echoing it, it's very true because we put ourselves in an energetic state of hopefulness rather than feeling bereft and and devoid of hope. You know, there's also some brain science on this, and everybody who's a listener on our show knows I always geek out 
at least once during each show, the brain science on this shows that if we use this one statement, this one simple statement, the brain will shift into a different gear where it can hold hope. And that's simply to say, I'll figure this out. And people who just say, I'll figure this out, you don't have to have the answers now, but if you tell your brain, I will figure this out, it accesses the part of the brain that is the creative center, and it goes, oh, you need something figured out? Okay, let me get to work on that. So just at least say, I'll figure it out. I feel terrible now. You know, There are a lot of losses, but somehow I'll figure it out. So your brain can start going down that path Marge just spoke of, of feeling hopeful, of feeling resourceful. So, Mara, tell us a little bit about the process of getting into the comfort zone and making it exciting. <laughs> or getting out of the comfort zone, exactly. Okay, you know, let's, I have, let's talk about I, it. I would love to share it because I think my whole life I I grew up in so much of a box, and I wanted to live outside the box, and yet we can all grow so comfortable where we know the rules inside the box. So we may have something out there, a dream maybe, that we've never pursued because we're afraid. So um, I'm smiling right now, as you could tell, because I wrote the book on exiting the comfort zone, and I called it. Uh, exiting the comfort zone, dance or die. And like everything I do, I tell stories. And I was sharing about how when I was a very young child, I happened to watch um, American Bandstand on TV. And I said to my mother, what's that? And she said, those are kids dancing. And I thought, whatever it is, I want to do it. But because I was always brought up to be an attorney and to be very smart and very much in the box, I never learned how to dance, but started when I was 49 and counting. So I want you to imagine everything I wanted to do was, was out there somewhere. And yet my entire life, I was told that I was uncoordinated. I thought I was too old. I was just laden with all kind of baggage. I failed classes twice. I almost destroyed an onstage performance, but ultimately I learned how to dance, and the reason why I wanted to go there, um, Dr. Brenda, was because I knew that dancing was connected with my feelings of happiness. And I think this is a universal message for everybody. They may not want to learn how to dance, but what if they are someone who's been a dancer that wants to become an engineer, something that's totally different for them, or they want to go on a trip they've never taken but they're a little bit afraid My story will help bring anybody out of their own comfort zone because it tells the ups and downs of the experience of exiting and getting out of those places where we feel comfortable and yet the rewards. Fantastic. So you're saying whatever it is that lights you up, even if it seems like something you would never get support doing from the people around you or maybe you think you can't do it like dancing, but if it lights you up, Get out of your comfort zone and go do it. And again, okay, second geek out. I got to do it. When we take on something that's new, you guys know this. When it comes to the brain, it's use it or lose it. Learn a new language. Learn to dance. Dancers live longer and are healthier. Did you know that, Mara? Because they're using using the muscles and the brain. They have to have balance, and there's a lot of timing. There's so many complex things that happen when you dance. 
So you're actually using more brain power, and that keeps you healthy, everybody. So get out of that comfort zone and go do something that is daring. And by the way, let me just say this. If for any of our community members in the north, uh, northern part of California who are affected by fires, I am going to be doing free groups for survivors, support groups for survivors. Send me an email at love, L-O-V-E, at docwade, D-O-C-W-A-D-E dot com. If you're interested in participating in one of those groups, and we're going to do some processes to heal trauma and to really help you to ignite your energy and connect to what has happened in a way that you can move through it with maybe a little more ease. It's a hard thing, and we're not going to sugarcoat what you're going through. It's it's really tough, and I know that. I I have family members who survived Katrina and moved to Houston and then got flooded out in Houston recently. So it's no joke. It's very, very tough to come back from. And the best thing to do is get support. So please send me an email and accept the support. It's my gift to you. Now, last question for you, Mar, before we have to let you go. We only have a couple minutes left. For those who are looking for true success and happiness, What's the one personal quality you believe we can't afford to compromise? Our own integrity. Our own integrity, doctor. And I would say that has to do with who am I on the inside and am I being real in this moment when I'm being challenged? And the more we walk in that space, the happier and freer we will be, and that same sense will extend itself to other people as well. Oh, I love it that you brought integrity into the conversation. So here's my definition of integrity, everybody. It's when we are integrated, all the pieces of ourselves fit together. And if we aren't in integrity, we start to disintegrate. We start to fall apart. Our lives fall apart. Our relationships fall apart. Integrity is always the best path to put your feet on. If you want to know more about how to work that in a relationship, then definitely follow us on social media on Modern Love, hashtag Modern Love, or drbrendawade.com, Dr. Brenda Wade on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And every single day we're putting out information you can use and commenting on the hot topics of the day, like what's happening with sexual assault of women in this country. We need to deal with all these issues, and everyone, everyone can learn something from Mar. Now, Mar, you've got a gift for all of our listeners. Quickly tell us about that, please. Okay. If they would like to write to me, Mora at Mora4u.com, ask me for a free copy of Exiting the Comfort Zone. And I think they'll enjoy it, they'll smile, and they may be very much inclined and inspired to exit their comfort zone, too. Beautiful. Thank you so much to our guest tonight, Mara Sweeney. Big, huge thank you to our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Mr. Cliff Dunning, and to you modern lovers, many blessings. We'll see you soon at one of our trainings.